Hey guys, this is Sky Elabar, Big Braden from the Greasy Strangler, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. You're a bullshit artist. Podcast. This is episode number 273. Tonight we're talking about a Korean film, Ganjian Haunted Asylum, which is currently streaming over on Shudder for the US. Steve, is the same for you as well? Yeah, Shudder and Tubi here. So okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is honor one of our friends and fans, uh, the late Michelle. So honor her. I'm one of your co-host Todd. This is Steve. And this is Joe as well, all three of us together. How's everyone doing tonight for today? Hi, everyone. Doing well, you know, once again, another somber show um, with this one being dedicated to Michelle, but excited to talk uh, the last movie she recommended to us and uh, can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Happy to be doing it, you know, in Michelle's honor. She was a great person and, um, you know, I'd never seen this one. So I thought, cool, you know, it's something I think none of us had seen and um, why not, right? It's, It's a good opportunity. I didn't know this, but I looked into it. It's actually like the third biggest film ever out of Korea for horror, I think. And I was like, I never even heard of it. So thank you, Michelle, for the recommendation and be for being so well, cool. Yeah. And thank you, Steve, for telling me that because I got to change a trivia question now. <laughs> Since you really searched that, you know, the other two as well. So I'm like, dang it. All right. You guys uh, want to get into some news? Horror news. We, need, we should. We need a. Uh, you know, any listeners? I know you guys are all clever. I want a theme song for horror news. So, I, I would love some creativity. <laughs> so we could do like Joe Joe's horror news corner or something. You know, whatever. I want. You know, let's let's hear it. I know someone got something up their sleeves out there, and uh, I'm sure we could do something pretty funny. All right, so let's get into horror news for this week. Number one being just announced today, American Horror Story Season 12. I know Steve loves it. I know Todd loves it. I finally jumped off the train recently after uh, a couple of bad seasons. Well, they've all been pretty bad. But but I have news today that I know for a fact will bring Steve and Todd back in to the American Horror Story realm. Are you guys ready for this big, big news I have What if I was never in it to begin with, though? Well, this will bring you into it. Okay. Because okay. American Horror Story Season 12 has been announced today and set to star Emma Roberts, which you're probably like, whatever. She's in every season. But the big news is starring this season none other than Kim Kardashian. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Kim Kardashian <laughs> will be starring. <laughs> I thought you had like a legit, like, (laughs) uh, I don't even know. (laughs) Jeez. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Kim Kardashian will be starring in season 12 of American Horror Story, which will be premiering this summer, actually, which is very different than past. It's always been released in the fall around late September, early October, but we will be getting it early on earlier on this year in the summer. Now, um, right now, pretty tight lipped as far as plot synopsis. But the teaser of this had a creepy uh, rendition of Rockabye Baby, the nursery song. So all of the sort of 
online sleuths have been thinking this might be a motherhood season, a season revolving around motherhood, maybe a Rosemary's Baby type theme. We shall see. But the showrunners, here was their little announcement. Kim Kardashian is among the biggest and brightest television stars in the world, and we are thrilled to welcome her to the American Horror Story family. Is that comes though? from co-creator Ryan Murphy. Uh, Fuck Ryan Murphy. What else has he done? <laughs> he co-created the whole thing? Yeah, he, yeah, he also he did um it's what do you that. uh Dahmer. He did the Dahmer show, which was really successful most recently. Um so this season is going to be titled Delicate and is based at least in part on an upcoming upcoming novel titled Delicate Condition by the art uh, by the author Danielle Valentine. So you might get some information on what is that. The novel is described as a gripping thriller about a woman who becomes convinced that a sinister figure is going to great lengths to make sure her pregnancy never happens. So there you go. I know Stephen Todd will be very excited for that. Serious question though: Is there anything at this point that would actually make you watch American Horror Story again? Um, yeah, 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 exactly. There <laughs> D- you go. Does she play herself though? That's what I really want to know. I don't think so. It doesn't sound like it. I think she'll be. I mean, has she? Does she have like acting chops? I yeah, mean, I've seen her. I've seen her adult movie. Her but... movie with Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But has she like? Has she show? done like? Has she done TV movie? I mean, besides a reality show, obviously. Like to call her like a bright one of the brightest like actresses in Hollywood. I mean, that's a bold statement. I, I bet those guys were, had a gun to their head when they had to <laughs> <write> that. <laughs> fucking say it. You'll never work in this town again. Yes, sir. It, it will bring in the viewers though. I mean, right. A hundred percent. I mean, she uh, really love her man, love her, or hate her. She, they have a fucking empire. So people will watch just for her. So We'll see. Uh, what would, is there anything that would bring me back to watch it though? Yeah, I think like a really interesting casting choice. Like I was really interested when Macaulay, Cal- Macaulay Culkin got cast uh, a couple seasons ago, and I watched it uh, a couple seasons ago for for him, and he was an interesting enough character. I'm trying to think like who could you bring in? Maybe like Mia Goth, someone like that. You know, she's pretty hot right now. I, Todd's like completely flipped on Mia Goth. He like absolutely I'm, hates her now. I'm done, man. You're uh, over her performance in Pearl, and then just to. Top it off with uh, Infinity, Infinity Pool, which Pool. was a great movie, but her couple scenes, she was so bad. <laughs> I can't think of anyone, honestly, that I'm like, I absolutely have to watch this because this person is in it. Uh, even like actors I really like, you know, like uh, Jenna Ortega right now is really hot. That probably wouldn't bring me in. Uh, Samara Weaving, I love. That wouldn't bring me in. Did just, you know, uh, okay, I'll make one exception. If they bring in Arnold Schwarzenegger American <laughs> Horror Story, I will watch it. So there you go. That is the one person that I think I would watch it for. What about Austrian what? Horror Story? Let's make Ooh. it happen. <laughs> Love it. What about uh, like Stone Cold Steve Austin or somebody? Like, uh, have you seen his movies? Cup? Like uh, Tubi is <laughs> full of his movies and they never watch them, so probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep I, it up today. Interesting. I, I, I know movie. Sam still like really likes the American Horror Story series so i think we'll end up watching this season probably so i'll let you guys know how kimmy k does uh in her season 12 all right next bit of news here a uh, little update on welcome to dairy the hbo max series that is going to be coming a prequel of course to the it saga 
some somewhat uh, surprising and disappointing news as it has been announced that as of right now, Bill Skarsgård will not be coming back to reprise the role of Pennywise. In a recent interview, he said, uh, we'll see what they come up with and what they do with it, but I'm not currently involved. Uh, he went on to explain, if someone else gets to play Pennywise, my advice is to make it your own. Have fun with it. What I thought was so pleasurable about that character was how incredibly abstract he was. The book really, uh, the book is really a gift that way. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you? Th- I mean, so he's not completely closing the door on him playing Pennywise, but it seems like more likely than not, he won't be coming back. Do you think that affects the show in a big way, or are you interested to see who is going to fill those big clown shoes? I think it's going to affect the show because if he's not involved, you're probably losing a good portion of your audience that really liked the, uh, you know, the it remake films. But at the same time, uh, if we got over Tim Curry, not playing Pennywise, I would be interested to see a third interpretation of Pennywise in the same way that I'm always interested in seeing a new interpretation of the Joker, right? It doesn't mean that it's a new person playing the Joker that I'm not going to like it because obviously like Heath Ledger was late in the game and I fucking adored his uh, interpretation of the Joker and not so much with others, you know, Jared Leto and shit like that. But well, you did um, like Jared Leto a lot though. Oh yeah. You do him. have a matching chest tattoo. <laughs> right. Uh, on my, on my head. That's why I always wear a hat because <laughs> of my damaged uh, tattoo. Um, yeah. So I, I am curious enough to see uh, who plays him and how he plays him, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mirror that. And you know, you got to think of uh, the new generation of it fans. Like they all love that guy and, if you want to keep that crowd and entertain, you got to bring back the, the their Pennywise. You know what I mean? I, the only ones that are outraged, let's be honest, about the recasting at the time were us, like the old, older dudes. So yeah, I don't know. It sucks because he's a really good Pennywise, but hopefully he's just saying that to get the spark going with the production company. Yeah, yeah, I, I would be shocked because like you know the Andy Muschietti and his wife are producing it once again and stuff, and they have such a good relationship with them, so. I'd be rather shocked for him not to come back, but I also think money could be a huge issue with this. I'm sure he wants a lot of money to reprise that role, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, who do you, do you guys have like a dream casting choice? Like someone like you think could, could really pull it off. I always thought Will Poulter, like he would have been like pretty interesting. He kind of has like a weird face already. And like, he kind of already like, he was, he was cast. So like he already has that like experience kind of was preparing for it and stuff. You know, he's a little older now and stuff. So, you know, maybe he could surprise us. I don't know, anyone in particular. I think it's one of those things that it could be an unknown really and still be really good. You know, uh, maybe it'd even be better if it was an unknown um, at this point. I mean, Bill Skarsgård, I didn't know him really before uh, he played Pennywise. So, and he killed it. So I think... At this point, bring someone new who can bring something fresh to it, and it'll be awesome. All righty. Well, speaking of Mia Goth, Todd's new favorite actress of all time, Maxine is going to be coming out. Ty West is going to be completing his trilogy. Of course, this one is going to be set immediately following the events of X. Or there might be a little bit of a time jump. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, this one is going to take place in the 80s. X took place in the 1970s, so this will be a little bit after the fact. So here we go. Maxine reverses the franchise's trajectory through time to pick up with Maxine after the violent effects events of X as the sole survivor continues her journey towards fame, setting out to make it as an actress in 1980s Los Angeles. 
Uh, the reason I bring this up is some casting news has come up recently. Of course, Mia Goth reprising her role uh, of Maxine. Also, some interesting casting choices here as Michelle Monaghan will be star uh, starring, as well as Halsey, of course, uh, the uh, famous singer. Giancarlo Esposito, who most people probably know from The Mandalorian, and of course, I know him best from Breaking Bad. And the most probably interesting casting choice of this bunch is Kevin Bacon. So yeah, Kevin Bacon returning to horror here. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Any uh, names kind of stick out to you as a surprise or excitement? I'm going to wager that Kevin Bacon is going to play a sleazy <laughs> producer or director, which I'm into. Or a cop. Um, I think he's a cop. Cop, you think? Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, keep it sleazy. Let's keep it sleazy. Uh, let's keep it fucking weird lighting. And let's just have fun with it. Yeah, I hope it's like a love letter to the 80s, kind of like the last one was a love letter to the set, or the X was a love letter to the 70s, you know? Um, I'm not like super surprised at the cast because X and Pearl did relatively well. So it's they probably have the name recognition now to get a bigger cast. And they're all, as far as I know, like good actors, you know? So I'm psyched, you know? I'm looking forward to this one, especially that I didn't love the Pearl character, kind of like Todd but I did like the Maxine character. So looking forward to this one. All right. Awesome. And we'll keep you guys updated. I'm sure we will definitely be reviewing that one um, as we reviewed X and Pearl. So we have to finish the trilogy for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll see when it releases. I don't know if it's coming this year or next year. We'll see. I'm assuming early next year. Um, Cause I don't think they've started filming yet. All right. A little update on Thanksgiving. Eli Roth's very highly anticipated uh, finally coming out, he made the faux trailer, of course, in um, the Grindhouse movies, and we are finally getting that movie on November 17th, 2023, so it is coming this year, right before Thanksgiving. Great choice, obviously, you know, the we don't have, <laughs> right, right, this one definitely has the potential to be great, as far as uh, some casting, uh, Patrick Dempsey was most recently uh, cast to be in this one, as well as Addison Ray, who will be starring. So yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for it. You know, Eli Roth, hit or miss, but I think this one is going to be a hit. I don't know how it can't be. I mean, it's just like going to be a super goofy, fun slasher, you know, set. I'm, I'm hoping they're going to film around here, you know, like I said, because it's supposed to take place in Plymouth, Massachusetts. So um, we'll see and we'll keep you up to date. I think Eli is more hit than miss, personally. Hostel's good. Hostel 2 is good. Cabin Fever's great. I don't like Green Inferno. I think that's one of the, my least Green Inferno bad. I, Knock Knock, I think, is underrated. Knock Knock is good. Knock Knock is good. Yeah. And I think, am I missing something from directing? You definitely are, because there is there has been some a couple of stinkers. I can't, nothing I can't remember right oh, off the Oh, House with the Clock on either, his but... Walls is a, it's a, is a fine kids movie. Okay, yeah. Um, he did that? Yeah. I think, okay. I think he directed it. I know his wife was in it at the time. Mm. He did produce a lot, though, and that that he produced a lot of shit. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that probably soured his name more than anything. I mean, fuck right. It. So yeah, yeah, it was directed by Eli Roth. What was the last movie he directed? I watched it, and it wasn't that great, if I remember. <laughs> oh, Death Wish. I like Death Wish. I like the remake for that one. Was Let's that um, was that um, what's his face, Bruce Willis? Yeah. Okay. So he's got Hostel, he's got Grindhouse, he's got Knock Knock, Green Inferno, Cabin Fever, Clock in the Walls, Hostel 2, Death Wish, and then a bunch of random small stuff. 
Okay. Oh, he's doing Borderlands still. Or Borderlands still. I wonder when that's coming up. Hmm. All right, so I guess he is. I guess he's more hit than Miss. I, I think it's his yeah, it's his producer. Yeah. He, he puts his name on a lot of stuff that isn't good, and that's probably what's like clouding our judgment. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep it that. I mean, that's the one we're a hundred percent going to be reviewing. I know. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that. All right. Just a couple more stories to get through here. Uh, I put this one on because when Steve and Todd came to Salem for for our event with Armory Cats last October, I took them to the Ouija Museum, the Witchboard Museum, and we talked with the guy who owns it for quite a long time. Uh, including his massive witchboard movie, like memorabilia he had. You know, he was really excited about it. It prompted Todd and Steve to both go watch it. Well, we're getting a witchboard remake now, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is going to be coming from uh, the Blob Dream Warriors and Blob director, Chuck Russell, is going to be. Actually, was he the original director of this? Do you guys know offhand? Not offhand. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, yes, he did originally direct this, and now he is going to be uh, apparently in some form. It doesn't say whether he's actually directing it or not, but it sounds like he's definitely coming on board to maybe produce it or whatnot. But Jamie Campbell Bauer is actually going to be starring in this, who you guys might know best from Vecna uh, of Stranger Things fame. So, yeah, you know, I mean, what do you guys think? Are we due for like a Witchboard remake? Are you guys excited about this? Sure. <laughs> and uh, Kevin Kevin Tenney was the director of the original too. That's right. Okay. Um, I I'm I'm wholly excited or solely excited just for that dude that ran that museum to watch this because he was super fan in it. Really cool. Lots of good energy about the film. So I'm I'm excited on behalf of him. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like if you ever go to Salem, if the museum's open and he's not there, it's probably kind of a. Eh experience it's just boards i would agree with that yeah but if he's there you'll walk out and you'll be like holy fuck that was amazing (laughs) that was so interesting this predicted hitler's death what (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like (laughs) it's really crazy so i mean i think this is a movie that definitely could use a remake you know i watched it right after we did that and it's okay you know it's got a it's not great to be honest but i'm excited about this i mean we have ouija which is kind of the same thing i guess but uh curious to see what direction they take with this one Alrighty. And maybe one that might be a fun double feature. You could do like the original remake kind of compare contrast when it does come out. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, just a couple more stories. Remember this name though, Mr. Entity. How does it make you feel? Well, it's going to make you feel something pretty soon because Blumhouse, this is going to be Blumhouse's new conjuring according to reports as they have purchased the highly sought after rights of the life story of mother and daughter Deborah and Jessica Moffat, who were supposedly terrorized alongside other members of their family for more than six years by a supernatural supernatural presence they called Mr. Entity. The uh, Blumhouse also acquired the rights to Jessica's forthcoming book manuscript, Mr. Mr. Entity, the Moffat Family Haunting. In addition to the unscripted series that they also are going to be coming out with, Blumhouse uh, has signed on to exclusive TV rights and movie rights. This is going to be huge, folks. This is uh, going to be massive. So keep that in mind. The name Mr. Entity, 
I don't know a lot about the story. Definitely going to have to do a deep dive on it, but it's going to be the next big one, folks. So uh, keep your eyes out. Uh, you know, what do you guys think? Any thoughts? I know Steve being the big ghost guy, he is. I'm sure he's got some thoughts. It's a terrible title. <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited though. I, you know, if it's going to be like The Conjuring, that's a high bar. So I don't know if they want to put that out there, but uh, I'm always excited to see more ghost stuff. So I'm in. Are they done I with the know. Warrens then? Are they like packing it up? No, there's a new Conjuring. I doubt coming. it. There's what? Sorry. There's a new Conjuring coming. So oh, they yeah, just signed Conjuring that. for. They'll milk that thing till it's dry, man. They'll, <laughs> you know that that meal. My brother actually. So we were at uh, Easter dinner last night, and he was like, "Hey, I was reading like a thing about the five highest-grossing horror franchises of all time. Can you guess them?" And I was like, "Oh, Halloween. Halloween not in the top five, shockingly enough. Conjuring number one though. Most, you know, highest growth. You know, wow. that's brought in the most money. It was like two point one billion dollars or something crazy like that. That'd be on um, trivia tonight." <laughs> yeah <laughs> it won't be not anymore <laughs> but, uh, i can't remember what else was on there oh alien the alien was in on in the top five saw and i can't remember the other two but we get uh, saw this year right yeah new saw is coming mm-hmm. yeah all right just one more bit of news to get through here just kind of a little fun one for anyone that really cares about the mtv movie awards i don't think many uh especially people our age these days but Great representation this year at the MTV Movie Awards as every single category has a horror-nominated thing in its category. So horror, reigning supreme at the MTV Movie Awards. Nope, Scream 6, Smile, Megan, Stranger Things, Wednesday, The Last of Us, and Yellow Jackets all receiving nominations. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'll say uh, a couple of kind of more of the fun ones. Best villain category we have... Jamie Campbell Bauer for Stranger Things. Megan for Megan. <laughs> I guess they don't want to give the actress credit, just Megan for Megan. Uh, oh, also, oh, the girl that plays the doll? Just the, no, the thing? actual doll is just nominated. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> uh, Harry Styles for Don't Worry Darling, if you count that as horror. And my personal favorite, the bear from Cocaine Bear nominated ladies and gentlemen <laughs> the, the computer generated graphic yes yes <laughs> yes Fuck you, uh, yeah. <laughs> also uh for the best fight category courtney cox versus ghostface in scream six also jamie K- vecna versus 11 for stranger things most frightened performance justin long for barbarian i'm gonna give it to him i'd probably think he should probably win right, that now, one now we're talking yeah. Uh, also, Sosie Bacon for Smile. She gave a really good performance in that. Uh, best kick-ass cast, Stranger Things getting there. Best song, Demi Lovato for Scream 6. Definite banger. Not going to win. There, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Str- Str- Stranger Things is going to wipe the fucking floor of all these awards, I guarantee. Um, sure. R- running Up the Hill is going to like destroy that. Um, is yeah. it even? I don't think it's not nominated. Uh, really? It may have to be no. a new song. No, yeah. but we already know who's probably going to win. Taylor Swift is nominated. Oh, and yeah. if you're Sw- and if Swifties, MTV, uh, is MTV, it? Yeah. yeah, the Swifties will be out in full force, especially if it's, I'm pretty sure it's fan generated. So best duo, who we got? Pedro Pascal and ben- Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us or Jenna Ortega and Thing for Wednesday. It's a tough one right there. Also, Tom Cruise. Fucking hand. 
Really? Yes. Hey, it's MTV, Todd. Do they? Is she jerk him off? <laughs> there, there, oh, is a, there is a really awkward scene where she's about to change and she actually goes to thing and like, don't peek this time. <laughs> so, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was like, really? Can he see with his little hands? Does he make like an eyeball? I mean, picture? apparently it was enough for her to think it's a problem and need to put thing uh, in his wow. place. So, but I, I think, I think best movie horror has a really good chance of winning this year. I'm just going to, uh, this is the last thing I'll mention of the MTV Movie Awards. But best movie, our, our nominees are Avatar, The Way of Water, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, and then our three horror cat, uh, movies that are nominated, Nope, Scream 6, and Smile. Do you think horror has a chance I think Top Gun will take it. Uh, you think Top Gun gonna take it? Yeah, yeah they'll probably great. they'll probably pay like Tom Cruise and then just fucking he'll show hand up, him yeah. the award or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna come in off a fucking motorcycle out of a helicopter you know, <laughs> right. like, and parachute the into the fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I I think if anybody Scream Six probably has the best chance in that probably. category uh, horror wise, but we'll see. The MTV Movie Awards for those that care is going to be airing Sunday May. 7th at 8 p.m. So good luck to all the horror categories. And that's it for horror news. All right. So how about we get a little cup of joe before we move on to our next uh, little segment here. So a little word from Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, let's get into what watched, or as we're going to title it now, what Steve watched, because Joe and I are bums, and we didn't watch a single thing. So, Steve. Neither of you watched anything? <laughs> no. God, damn. I watched Mac and me. Now, now I feel like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I got you know my regular two films. The first one is the conclusion of my month-long Psycho series review. So, of course, that means I am going to talk about Psycho 4, The Beginning which I saw over on VOD. This one picks up four years after the events of Psycho 3. Slight spoilers for that because I can't talk about it without kind of giving away a little bit of the ending of Psycho 3. But uh, Norman is out once again. He escaped with the help of a nurse from the institution that he was at. And uh, he is now living with her and they are in love. And they're like a regular couple. Meanwhile, there's a radio show who happened to have a segment uh, about matricide, which is people killing their mothers. So Norman decides to call into the radio station and start explaining the story of what happened with his own mother, of course, recreating the accounts of the original Psycho. And it is shown through flashbacks where Henry Thomas plays a young Norman Bates, and it's basically the movie is about him talking to the radio station and then going to flashbacks, showing the events of what led up to him killing his mother in the way that he did and why he dresses as his mother and stuff like that. So this movie serves as both a sequel and a prequel to the Psycho series, of course, but I feel that it doesn't do 
either of them well. You know, it's like they should have either made it a full blown sequel or a full blown prequel because they too try to make stories on both ends. And I feel it doesn't really work. And I got to say that, you know, having now seen three psycho films before this, we know kind of what happened between Norman and his mother. But seeing it happen, it's a little gross. <laughs> because obviously there's uh, some sexual things involved between him and his mother and stuff like that. So it gets kind of creepy. I will say that the acting is really good. You know, Anthony Perkins still nails it as Norman Bates. He's just so fucking good in that role. But I guess Henry Thomas does a really great job of playing Norman Bates as well. Um, he he captures that kind of creepy, silent character that you know that Anthony Perkins did so well in the other film. So I don't think it was like the worst film ever. It's definitely the weakest of the series. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I got to say, having now finished this you know four part series, it's actually a super good uh, series. You know, one that I would say is highly underrated. And people should check it out because I don't think a ton of people have seen past the first Psycho and I, I would highly recommend it. So this particular film, I gave a two stars out of five, but I'd say the series is like maybe a three and a half. So highly recommend that. And my other one is a 2023 film that I watched over on Shudder and it's called Spoonful of Sugar. So this one, I think Joe had talked about maybe a few weeks mm -hmm. ago. So this one is about a girl who takes care of a little boy. And she's hired to take care of this boy because he has a ton of allergies. And he also has some kind of issue that we're not too sure about, at least at first. And his parents want to make sure that uh, the boy is safe and, you know, things don't happen. And with the allergies, it makes it even more complicated. Meanwhile, the girl is addicted to LSD and she absolutely trips balls throughout the majority of the film. And she decides that it would be a good idea to give the boy LSD as well to help him with kind of his issues. And a pretty fucking crazy story uh, comes out of that. You know, it's um, there's a thing between her, him, uh, sorry, her and his parents and there's a weird relationship between the mom and the son and the mom and the girl. And it just takes you on a fucking ride. Uh, it's a weird movie for sure, but I was never bored. Uh, I don't think it's like great. I doubt you'd see it in my top 10 or anything like that, but I think it's one worth uh, watching. And I will say that, and I don't have her name right now, but the main girl is actually pretty good in her role and is currently my leader for my best performance of the year. Now, of course, it's still early in the year. I don't think we've seen, you know, the heavy hitters of the year yet, but I enjoyed the role and I enjoyed the film. And I think I gave it a three out of uh, five stars. So that's Spoonful of Sugar. You can watch on Shutter. I too gave it three out of five and I would recommend it to most people. I think it's, it's an interesting one. It's weird, that's man. That's for sure. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, weird. But, but it's, it, yeah it's worth watching at least once, I'd say. Right. Well, I didn't watch anything this week, but Steve, uh, Todd, I, you watched Mac and Me, huh? How was that? Did. Mac and Me was a punishment <laughs> for the Less XP Geek Game podcast. Oh, okay. And uh, first time watch, hilarious. I actually really like it. It's isn't terrible. that the one where... The it's the one where isn't the kid he's like in the wheelchair, wheelchair and like yeah. he goes he like flies off like or whatever there's like <laughs> a fun, really funny gif about it yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's because Paul Rudd always brings it to like uh, talk shows instead right. of showing like the clips from Avengers. He shows that. <laughs> That's but, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hilarious. Funny <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Well, I do have my punishment movie though for Steve and Todd this week. Very excited for this. Of course, I reign supreme in trivia. Thank you very much. Hold the applause, please. No, hold it. Come on, guys. Hold the applause. I can hear you all out there. <laughs> I like it. Look at this showmanship. <laughs> uh, for the record, as your current reigning champion, three-time king of trivia, I've never been this uh, brash with my gloating. Although, yes, I have. But... <laughs> I, I was going right. to say, yeah, you absolutely have. <laughs> continue. I, I give you permission to continue, Joe. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, so I found a movie, made sure that both Steve and Todd could both watch it. And you can all watch it along with them. If you'd like to join in on The Punishment, you can check it out over on Tubi. And the movie is called AVH Alien vs. Hunter. Right now, currently at a beautiful 1.2 on Letterboxd. I'll, let me read the quick plot synopsis here. A journalist named Lee... Cussler is out jogging when a flying object passes behind him and crashes and crashes. Sheriff Joel Armstrong picks him up and they go to check it out. They find an abandoned caravan close to where the object crashed. As they discover the object and realize it is a spaceship, an alien emerges. The alien, they've basically given this whole movie away. Uh, the alien then chases them, after which Lee flees to the car. However, Armstrong makes a stand, trips, falls, and is killed by the alien that then leaves. A terrified Tammy finds Lee, and they call the local authorities, but their car is destroyed by the alien. This just gave the Spoilers. entire plot of the movie, apparently, <laughs> in the Letterboxd review. So there you go, folks. <laughs> Not only, does he make right us, not only does he yeah, does he make us watch a bad movie, but he fucking spoils the whole thing before. That, <laughs> that is a, right. That's a dick move, man. <laughs> and it stars uh, William Cat uh, of Carrie fame and House fame. So it actually has a pretty uh, big actor in it for the times. Directed by Scott Harper, who has uh, made such other great films as Super Croc. And you're soaking in it. So there you go. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Interesting. I wonder what you're soaking in it is. <laughs> you're soaking in it. Uh, it's another fucking super long plot synopsis that oh, probably gives mind. away the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> super Croc actually gives like a, a short plot synopsis. So I guess he, I, I, was, like I, 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 was, I was hoping, I was hoping it was like a running joke where he just spoils the entire movie and all his plot synopsis, <laughs> but apparently not. I will say AVH is actually the lowest rated of the three movies. Um, so yeah, enjoy. Cool. Super, Super Croc sitting at 1.8 currently. Thank you. All right, quarter number two stands right now. There was some points shifting. Honestly, I got confused with it. So it's Todd four, Steve three, Joe three for quarter number two. And we will hold the uh, overall ranking until later uh, down the line. So quarter number two, game number two. Let's go. All righty. I'll start uh, us off. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So I'm going to start with quite simply what is the name of the internet show of tonight's movie we watched Gundam? Oh, i got it the horror times terror squad <laughs> that is thank, correct thank you todd's notes todd has the notes it's hey. cheating basically. is that cheating to, no it's cheating a, if you're looking at you notes think, well i know but notes from the fucking movie we're recording <laughs> that's why i never ask questions about the movie anymore <laughs> you know steven i both take notes Come on. i think it should be null and void yeah. <laughs> looking at the notes 
All right, I'll go. It's literally one, two. I had three notes on there. Because the, the name is so ridiculously long. I wonder if that's a Korean translation issue and not like. It, it could very well be, though. Yeah. yeah. All right. I decided not to change my question, so whatever. According to my foolproof research through IMDb, what is the highest grossing Korean film in the US slash Canada? Interesting. Uh, Train to Busan? Yeah, it's Train to good Busan guess. Busan is on the board, but incorrect. Hmm. By a very <sighs> slim margin, I will add. Interesting. So that was number two? That was number two, yeah. Uh, can I get um, one more guess after? Sure. After Joe goes or passes. Yep. Yeah, I I I the sadness. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess, but I don't I don't remember if this was Korean or not, so I apologize. Uh Parasite? No. Oh. Parasite is I think Korean. it I think it is Korean, but I don't think it's hard yeah. categorized horror. Uh, the... I got one more guess. Okay, go. Uh I don't know if it's Korean either, so I apologize if it's not. Um audition. Audition is Japanese, I believe. Japanese, okay. Yeah. But the highest grossing film in the US, Canada is The Host, if you guys remember. Oh. It yeah. grossed 2.2 million. Train to Busan grossed 2.1 million. So it was very All close. Right. I thought it would have been Train to Busan as well because that movie's fucking banger. Yeah, people but, should watch that. <laughs> yeah. All right, my turn then. So all of my trivia this week are three films that I remember vividly discussing with Michelle. So I am doing all my trivia questions in her honor yes. this week. Um, first one, four clues. Ready? Yep. Yes. Airport. Stadium. City. And highway. Army of the Dead. Wrong. I don't know what, what airport had army of that, but uh, <laughs> airport, I don't. stadium, city, and highway. Uh, oh, I have I have a guess if Todd doesn't. Um, train to Busan. Wrong, Joe. I think I think I might have it. Sick. Warm yeah. bodies. That's correct. Those are the yes. four locations of warm bodies. <laughs> yeah. Back to you. Back to me. Back to you. All right. Well, I don't have my thing pulled up, so one second. Oh. All right. <laughs> Amateur. All right. Match the family to the movie. Okay. So we have the Fuller family, which is comprised of Jacob, Kate, and Scott. Is it uh, Terrifier 2? Incorrect. Um, <laughs> is it Silver Bullet? Incorrect. Let me say their full names. Maybe we'll... Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have Jacob Fuller, Scott Fuller, and Kate Fuller. Oh, is it Scream 6? Incorrect. Is it... Um, I don't think it is, but is it uh, Knock at the Cabin? No. Incorrect. Stupid fuck. Right. The, the correct answer is the Fuller family from the movie From Dusk Till Dawn. Nice. Jacob played by Harvey Keitel, Kate oh. played by Juliette Lewis, and that makes me Scott played by Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> what does he tell him to say? Like you're a motherfucking me, mean, mo mean motherfucking servant of God. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, letterbox reviews. Clue number one: worst opening, worst reveal, worst blank sequel. Clue number two: 
A slasher that is afraid to kill its supporting characters is a bad slasher. Scream six. Scream. Correct, Joe. <laughs> nice. Right. I don't I, think it has the worst opening. I, I don't agree either. Yeah, I was going to say. I had, had to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> All right. My favorite categories of late. Oh. Name the movie. Titties. Based off the parent guide. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and nudity. Yes, please. A man goes to poop. And his butt <laughs> is briefly shown. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, Greasy Strangler. Correct. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'll read the other ones just really quick. Uh, uh, violence and gore. A man saws off another man's head and then tries to shoot it in a basketball hoop. Uh, profanity and the other one were kind of boring. And finally, frightening intense scenes. More frightening things include the ugly and horrible Merkin the main babe is wearing in a few of the penis shots. That's funny. Nice. Yeah, yeah the fucking guess. hot dog guy, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. I can lose my license. <laughs> it stuck out to me, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> of all the pooping scenes in film history, you, like, nailed right away. <laughs> First came to mind was a uh, spider in Red 13.5. I'm like, wait, he didn't show his butt. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, Spider. Yeah, is that the enchilada? Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Yeah. His name is Spider in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, uh, I don't forget yeah, it. Like, uh, Miguel Park Nunez. Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Back to me. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. Match. Uh, oh, sorry. Three letter box reviews. Guess the movie. Why should I go to therapy when I can simply see this character skateboard? Rather than knock this movie and its weak kills too much, I'll just leave it at this one just never really worked for me. It's my least favorite of this entire franchise. And number three, Bon Appetit, bitch. Wow. Uh, wow. Kind of blank. I'm going to go with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Incorrect. Oh, you're thinking the pizza diner scene, huh? Yeah. Um, skateboarding. That one's like should be obvious, right? You think? Not, I, I not can't a lot of skateboarding in horror. No. Um, Back to the Future. Part <laughs> one. Correct. Oh. Any other guesses? Yeah, I'm gonna go Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five. You got it. You yes! nailed it. <laughs> Process <of> elimination. Right? <laughs> yeah. Who skateboards in that fucking movie? Freddy. He does. Yeah, Freddy, Freddy does skateboard in part five, oh, yes. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And then the Bon Appetit bitch is when he feeds the girl to, like, her death, essentially. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Letterbox reviews. Clue number one. The Rock is still probably talking about how Black Adam was actually a success. Clue number two. A and these are just reviews. No political stance or anything like that. Clue number two. A homophobic arc that J.K. Rowling always wanted. Clue number three. Blank ends up being a tension-filled, one-location, apocalyptic thriller. Doom? Incorrect. The Rock in a horror movie? It's a clue. No, it's It's a a clue. clue. It doesn't mean anything. The Rock is still probably talking about how Black Adam was actually a success. So think about The Rock's connection to other people. Okay. And then think about this connection to J.K. Rowling. A homophobic arc that J.K. Rowling always wanted. Think about her connection oh, to somebody. Um, it's uh, Knock at the Cabin. Correct. 
Yep. Because uh, Batista. Batista, and then the redhead mm-hmm. guy, homophobic character, and then yep. What's yeah, his name? Thank Wes you. or something? I did not make that connection at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, my final one and the final one this week is also guess the movie based off the letterbox reviews. Okay. Cool concept. Great performances all around, but kind of lost steam for me midway through, and the motivations were weak. Okay. Number two. The movie really pulls you in right away and takes you along the journey like you're sitting there right with them. Sounds like my one of my reviews. <laughs> yeah, and the other one was Todd's. So. <laughs> oh, shoot, really? As, and this one is, is mine. Re- so. repeat, repeat mine. I can't even think of the damn movie, though. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll do mine, and then I'll repeat that okay. if you haven't. Okay. This movie is a superbly acted, well-paced, and surprisingly humorous experience that is pretty unique, which I really enjoy. However, for such a stickler in regards to attention to detail, (laughs) this movie is a bit of a mess. I think the biggest issue is that it reveals its cards too early. Good review, Steve. That's just like part of my review, but it goes into spoiler, like into easy territory after that. All right. right, Let's repeat these, please. Yeah, no problem. So Todd's review, cool concept, yes. great performances all around, but kind of lost team for me midway through, and the motivations were weak. Oh, man, I say that so often. It's not even <laughs> <laughs> Joe, the movie really pulls you in right away, takes you along the journey like you're sitting there right with them. Mm, dang. I want to say yeah, knock, the cab- or knock at the cabin again. Wrong. Fuck. It's going to... I don't know. Steam midway through, huh? What, what was I talking about? You guys give up? Is it a movie? It's a movie reviewed this year. It's, I don't want to say it. I mean, we're fucking okay. Martin. Like we're just three months in. You know? I don't um, even think I still would guess, honestly. You guys, give, you guys give up? We're pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie was a movie reviewed this year. Oh, it is the menu. The menu. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with my assessment. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta like your own review. Okay, so that concludes. Joe took today with three, myself with two, Steve with one. Quarter, quarter number two is tied at six apiece with Joe and myself and Steve at four. All right, on to the movie. We got uh, Ganjim, Haunted Asylum, directed by Jung Boom Sheik. Experience the horror. The crew of a horror web series travels to an abandoned asylum for a live broadcast, but they encounter much more than expected as they move deeper inside the nightmarish old building. Uh, so our setup is basically there's this, um, just like you can go on YouTube right now and find people that uh, investigate like abandoned haunts or they go to a haunted place and they set up YouTube cameras and they start doing seances and things like that. We meet this group from Korea that does the same thing. Uh, they go to various haunts around the world, around the country, and they live stream it, and they're all about getting the views, right? So now we meet this crew, and they're talking about this next one's going to be a million views. We're going to get those views, and we're going to make X amount of dollars, right? So they decide to go to this haunted asylum in Korea, which is supposedly one of the haunted centers in the entire world, uh, let alone Korea. And they uh, you know, get the crew together. They party for a little bit. And they talk about like the plan, things like that. And then they travel to location, and then they start investigating the asylum. I guess we'll just leave it at that, because that's like, if you get into anything else, it's going to be pretty spoiler. Spoiler. Say that word for me. Spoiler. Spoilery. Spoilery. Yep. So in honor of Michelle, like we talked about earlier, we uh, decided to watch this film. It's the last one she recommended. And uh, yeah, 
for me mostly i thought this was a serviceable found footage slash um horror like investigative film did it do anything like groundbreaking not in my opinion but i still think it was uh, a good film to throw on and have some good spooky scares in it uh yeah i had real no real expectations going into this one so i just kind of went in completely blind with it i'm a sucker for found footage movies so like i was already kind of pulled in from the start and yeah i mean overall i think it's fine like i don't like steve like todd said i don't think it's anything groundbreaking or brings really anything new to that sort of subgenre but i think it's a it's a still a pretty solid watch like i think if you're looking for something to watch like late at night that could potentially scare you i think this is a pretty solid one i think it does when it does things well it does it really well and when it doesn't do things well it's kind of goofy but overall i ended up uh yeah i ended up uh, digging this one quite a bit and uh i know we'll get in, into it deeper but yeah pretty solid yeah i'm kind of the same way uh, i i'm really into the found footage stuff because i can kind of picture myself as it being real you know i can kind of make my imagination think okay i'm watching like a youtube video which is probably fake anyway, but it, it just feels like a little more real than like a regular narrative film. Uh, and I did it the way that I think I do for most of these movies where I watch it on my laptop at like 11 PM in the dark, you know, uh, with my headphones on. So I was really trying to immerse myself into the experience. And I think that helped the movie uh, quite a bit. Now I'm not saying you have to watch it that way. Uh, I think you can get a lot out of it regardless, but that just amplifies the experience a little bit. And yeah, there's I'm uh, basically like you guys said, there are some really effective scenes in here, some good scares. I think they do the setup really well, the way that they kind of explain the story without just doing an info dump, which a lot of these movies do. Uh, they do it through like conversations between the characters as they're having fun at uh, you know dinner and uh, stuff like that. So I did like how they kind of presented the events leading to the story, but I did have some issues as well, especially regarding the... Um, live stream portion of it uh, you know dead stream was on my top 10 i think it was a couple of yours as well and they did that part really well where they were engaging with the people which made it feel like people were actually watching this stream whereas i never really got that sense in this one even though they kept talking about the numbers that they were doing i never had a feeling that people were actually watching this thing it just they didn't put enough focus on it you know they didn't interact with them it was, it was kind of a weird thing where it felt disconnected so it didn't register with me and i think if they had done that it would have been a better movie uh but the scares were mostly effective but sometimes goofy like joe said and i'll talk about some specific scenes that some of them fucking great some of them i'm like Ugh, that kind of takes me a little bit out of it so curious what guy what you guys think about like kind of the more specifics of this film well i think we can all agree about the goofy goofy thing when I honestly like the tension that was built was super effective and then the possessed girl slash ghost thing that reveals itself and starts doing like a fucking I don't even like a mumble like I didn't yeah. I can't like I don't know <laughs> I don't even want to try to mimic it but uh she looks at the camera from like a couple inches away and starts doing a, a mumbling thing I just fucking laughed like <laughs> I thought it was so silly what'd you guys think <laughs> I did like it sucked because I was like oh shit what's oh fuck something and then she comes out of nowhere I'm like the fuck uh yeah that was i mean that was my least favorite part of the entire movie i thought they were building it up all so well 
And I, it, it, they do bring it back. I will say that, like, I think after that, like after that, it, uh, they had some really great effective stuff, but that was easily the worst reveal. Um, they could have did so much better with than that, but like, instead they just put some cheat, like some contacts in there to kind of black out her eyes. And she spoke gibberish. And to me, it, it just, it came off more goofy than scary. So it did, it did take me out of it. I think had they done what they did towards the end of the movie, that reveal would have been way better and scarier. Um, but yeah, that was easily the weakest uh, scare and the weakest part of the movie for me. Yeah, same thing for me. I just didn't really like that. You know, it kind of took me out of it. Uh, but I do have a question for you guys. Do you think having that the crew were faking these helped the film or hurt the film? Because for me personally, I don't think that storyline was needed. And it kind of took away from the scares a little bit because as things were happening, all I could think was, like, okay, is that something they faked or is that something actually from the hospital? And the main guy who like runs the uh, the group, he's in a tent like yes. far, like further away. And he's kind of watching the, the screens and everything like that. And shit starts happening to him. And I don't know, like that character just, he had so, there's so much potential with that character with the stuff that was happening away from the hospital. But I feel like they kind of dropped the ball because he was so determined to like get the, you know, his million followers or million streams that yeah. it kind of took away from the experience for me a bit. You know, I'm kind of torn on it, honestly. Like, I think it's a cool aspect of them faking it. But I think that I agree. The dude in the tent, Captain, who they refer to as Captain the whole time. I thought it would have been really cool if his his character just went fucking evil. And, like, his point was to sacrifice his crew to the demon or whatever the fuck it was. That, I think that would have been a cool angle. Instead, we get him basically saying, like, one time he says, you don't do it, I'll kill you. Like, But there's no, there's no like, there's no oomph behind it or anything and then he goes in the asylum himself at one point but like these minor details that bother me about it is like that's like an immense power drain he's got so much computer equipment and lighting out in the tent and, and like they're broadcasting and you, like that's the fucking most nervous thing nerve-wracking thing is like he's trying to get these million views but he's out in the fucking middle of nowhere and expects like perfect internet so i know i'm looking way too much into it but i, I kept thinking about that I'm like wait how's he the logistics of that alone like it's crazy yeah, I mean, that personally, uh, the whole them kind of doing the fake scares, it didn't really bother me. I mean, it's been done before. I've seen it in movies as far back as, uh, and probably even further back, but one of the movies that really jumps out in my head is uh, Halloween Resurrection, when they were doing like the, the fake stuff in that one. So it kind of reminded me of that. I know it didn't bother me one way or the other. Honestly, I thought it was kind of like an interesting sort of uh, plot point. I actually think they dropped the ball. I agree with Todd. I think that character in the tent the captain character i thought for sure he was going to get possessed by like a demon and then he went in and started killing them which i thought would have been a really cool uh idea and would have made like a hell of a lot of sense um and kind of would have it sort of would have left it open-ended on whether what was happening is like supernatural or like you know maybe like the dude snapped or something where it kind of keeps like people like on the stream like oh the guy just snapped and went crazy and other people like oh it went it was supernatural it would have left like a really cool interesting idea there um so i think that was kind of a missed opportunity i wish they kind of 
did do that. I do agree. I wish they stayed in the tent, had more supernatural stuff going on in the tent. Cause like when the fire comes on in the tent at one point, I thought that was like a cool little uh, interesting thing. Uh, this movie also reminded me a lot of fear. Like, I don't know if anyone watched the MTV show fear, yeah, but like, man. it was like, it was like exactly like fear. It was to me, it was like a combo for American viewers. Obviously it was like a combo of fear meets grave encounters, which I don't know if you guys have seen grave encounters, which is another really good found footage horror movie. If you've never seen that one, but it, it like, I feel like it, it, it was kind of like a tie of uh, both those movies together. So, or that TV show and that movie together. So I was, uh, I was digging that. So, so what were the effective scenes for you guys? I know for me, one that really stood out is the coffin scene. So they're, they go into a room and there are some coffins that are kind of uh, propped up against the wall and there's a hole in the coffin and then they're kind of doing a whole thing where you put your arm in the coffin and, you know, someone is pulling at it. Now, of course, this is probably the only way, the only scene that I thought the fake or not thing was kind of, you know, played out because you didn't know if the guy was just faking it because he's part of the crew or it's really something happening to the guy. So that whole scene was like, spooky to me are there scenes that stand out for you guys yeah I, you know i like that scene but I, I felt like that one's been done that's like the oldest trick in the book as you're a kid you know every every time there's like a hole in the ground or like something weird you put your arm in you fake getting pulled in you know so i thought that was a little bit overdone no but the most effective scene for me was when the dude is like standing you know 20 feet away or for whatever and she has a flashlight, although it was also really annoying because no one uses a fucking flashlight that, like that. Like, keep your flashlight on the, the threat. Don't, like, fucking slowly pan. It's not... Don't treat the, the, the flashlight like it's a fucking camera. You know what I mean? Treat it like it's a flashlight. But I still thought that was really cool how the, the figure or whatever would, like, shuffle a little bit, get closer and stuff like that. Yeah, 100% agree with Todd. I think that's the best part of the entire movie that, you know, he was, looked like a naked sort of man like but like he had like it kind of looked like he was kind of cut down the middle or something it was just like really creepy really effective uh yeah that was that was great like i i you know i was like glued to the screen i i got to agree though i think you have to watch this at night like i i watched it during the daytime and it was like fine and effective but i think watching this at night really would uh, add to the kind of creepiness of it all. I was telling that to, to Sam because she was like, oh, was it scary? I was like, I think you'd be pretty scared by this. So yeah, I would uh, definitely recommend it a nighttime watch on this one. I think it definitely adds. Yeah. Uh, a thing I liked about it is, so the story is about this director who took care of, you know, this hospital and the patients and she like ping pong and stuff like that. And there's a scene where they find this like creepy doll and at first I thought maybe it was a plant, you know, um, because they talked about that before. But then you see that the creepy doll was on a patient who's probably the creepiest looking patient in that pic in an old picture they found. Like he had like white eyes and he was like all distorted. His mouth and stuff was like open. That. Yeah. Kind of like a silent scream. Yeah, it was really cool. Right. So everything with the doll I thought was really cool. I was a little bit disappointed with the ping pong thing, though, because they set that up really early in the film, saying that if you hear the ping pong ball coming... That means the ghost just is coming. Pick up a paddle and play. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, but they they use it too late, I think, in the game because by that point there had been so many things that happened. The ping pong ball just felt like kind of an afterthought, uh, and they even show the ping pong table being broken. You know, so I yeah. thought that was a missed uh, lead there. But I did like one of the other good scares to me is the final ghost. She's like kind of hovering. You can see her feet like up in the air, and her her face is dead and. They, they do this a lot in Asian cinema, I find, when they do ghost films, where they have people hovering, but only like maybe a foot in the air, 
and they're usually facing the other way and then slowly turn. They do the exact same scare in the eye. I don't know if you guys ever seen that one where a girl's in an elevator and there's like a an old like man, old dead man that's floating kind of in the corner of the elevator with her. Uh, so it's a very like kind of you know uh, effective scare to me. Had a question. They do it. They do it in VHS too. I think like the cult yeah. one. I mean, the head of hereditary well. too, right? She's. Yeah. Yeah, you, get your, you get your back you get your back turn it's it's spooky you know? it's you know what i don't like it which, what, what are you doing project? what are you hiding <laughs> you hiding a boner what do you got no Ooh. i had a question though um why was i don't remember their names but one of the male characters why was he so mean to the other female character at one point he's like i'll fucking choke you out i'm like what's wrong with this fucking guy i i just chalked it up to um she was trying to ruin their plan of getting the million um viewers right uh, she wanted to leave and she and they use just to no, him it's like it's she, money she right? started that like in the casting process too he was oh, really? a little dick to her yeah hmm. it got oh, progressively sure. worse so i'm like geez i thought he was going to be like the guy that turned and right had yeah because but... they like really like kind of you know make him like separate from the group somehow mm-hmm. like he even comes there late and stuff yeah That's a, yeah but yeah i thought that was strange and then, you know, something bothers me too about any movie where it's about like ghost hunters, like this is their thing. They want to see ghosts. I hate, even in like um, the quote unquote documentaries on like, you know, Travel Channel or whatever, it's like when they're ghost hunting, I'm like this is their goal. And then they fucking get terrified and run out. Like, what? Like the Charlotte chick was like, I'm top three of the six haunted places. This is the new one. I'm going to be. And then something, a bell fucking jingles and she runs out of the room. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, I, I hate that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, do you guys like, are you guys into like ghost hunting shit? Like I never really got into the whole um, ghost hunters and uh, all those other and Zach Baggins and stuff like that. Um, There was like one show I really got into with a dude who was like in God, I think it was, man, I can't remember the name of it, but I know he got super into drugs, unfortunately, and became a drug act, but he had a show and he was really, really good. Um, I don't know if anyone I'm sure someone out there knows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, like everybody, I watched Fear like a motherfucker when I was. Fear was great. Fear was awesome. I wonder if it holds up. I wonder if it holds up. Curious. Yeah. I don't know if it would. (laughs) Probably uh, not. No, Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. Like, yeah, I've watched them. But like, it's it's highly suspicious, man. Like, when when something happens so often to just you, it's like, really? But it's it's always that thing I just talked about, too, where like, oh, fuck, like this. Like we're getting EVP readings and blah 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 blah, and then they get scared and walk out of the room. I'm like, well, aren't you there to catch the thing on fucking tape? Like, turn around. Mm-hmm. You f- like, so no, I don't. I don't buy into it personally. I believe yeah. in ghosts, but I don't believe in that. Right. Yeah. So the reason I like most of those shows, I don't like the Zach Baggins one. I don't like some of the more commercialized ones, is because it does give you like an insight to history, and I'm really love watching stuff that, about history. And they do actually go to these places, right? So I used to watch one called Destination Truth, I think. And they used to go to all these like kind of famous, uh, scary places. You know, they went to the pyramids. They went to like, you know, famous asylums. And That's neat. yeah, and it, it's just like, even though I know they're doing the show and, you know, before every commercial, there's a, what was that? And then they go to commercial and then it was like, oh, that was just a fucking brick. It's just a sound guy. Yeah, yeah. Fucking tripped. Um, <laughs> 
and you, you get to know the formula and you're kind of like not into it anymore but just the fact that you get to see these places in the historical context and they give the history of these places i always enjoyed that i always preferred my ghost stuff to be more like the old documentaries from the 80s and stuff because even though a lot of them are probably fake in some way, I feel there wasn't as much motivation to fake stuff as there is now with YouTube views and stuff like that. So I just like recently we we're talking about it on our Discord about sightings, the ghost story, which I, I sent a link for if anyone ever wants it, just uh, hit me up. I'll send you a link for it. And that was scary to me because I didn't feel like there was an agenda, you know, to uh, kind of get clicks. So I like stuff like that. Um but yeah, I'd love to do it like my own, just to go to scary places and see stuff. I, I think it'd be dope. I agree. That'd be super cool. I, I did that a couple times when I was younger. I went to a graveyard with like a EVP, EVP recorder and stuff like that, or voice recorder and left it on Tombstone, asked some questions, walked away. Of course, you get like a ton of orb pictures when you when you go anywhere. And mm-hmm. like uh, I've shown you my freaking <laughs> ring camera orb pictures in like the garage. It's like, is it a ghost? Probably not. Is it a weird ass fucking piece of dust? I don't know, but yeah, it's it's always fun to speculate. Yeah, one uh, nitpick I guess I have about this movie, and it might not even be a nitpick, and just more I'm used, I'm not used to like new technology, but it did like the cameras and everything just seemed too clean to me. I guess like it just seemed all very clear for someone like um, you know, sort of broadcasting live with that type of technology. Now, I mean, technology has also improved a lot. This isn't like Blair Witch Project days or anything like that. So maybe I'm just not uh, privy to it. It's funny. I thought the opposite because the footage is clear. That made more sense to me because it is 2018 and the footage will be clear. You know, when you see like pictures now where, oh, I saw Bigfoot, it's a blurry ass fucking like Polaroid picture. You're like... (laughs) fuck off like it's it's 2023 you're telling me you can't take a goddamn like regular ass I, picture i gotta defend that though steve I, I know what you're saying but have you ever been like on a hike and we were just hiking this weekend where you you hear something and you pull out your phone and you and like you just can't get to it you know what i mean like i've got to err on the side of like people are just stupid like myself and can't get their phone out in time yeah but if you have uh, surveillance footage like they do it's of course it's going to be clear right, right. it's yeah. <laughs> yeah but that goes back to my my technology point like how many cameras are they are they streaming over the internet and he's got like a 4g connection on his phone probably like he's not he just he's using i don't know <laughs> i'm thinking way too much in the internet usage right of this movie. Well, how they, yeah, and that's, that's the other thing. Like, where are they getting the internet from? Like, they're in the middle of nowhere. It's, a, it's not, it's actually not really in the middle of nowhere, though. So, if you look at the okay. actual thing, I mean, it's like, it's not smack in the city, but right, they're not, in the woods. You can hear where like, they get power. They run a right? generator. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah, you know, there's, okay. there are definitely explanations that they could do this. Um, okay. Like, like, think about anything in Boston, you know? It's, I mean, you could have a place that's a little bit out of the beaten path. It's still in fucking Boston. You know what I mean? It's sure. kind of the same thing yeah. with Korea. It's just, it's no, it's yeah, like, it's, a, it's a good point because I think of um, the Danvers Mental Institution, which is like one of the most haunted places, supposedly, which they turned into condos uh, most recently. But, so, you know, that is kind of in like the middle of kind of, nowhere quote-unquote but it's actually like very accessible to the city and stuff so yeah because they do hear um cop sirens at one point right early on uh because they think that they got busted uh, for being there uh so they're they're probably close to the city you know so that that didn't bother me at all they get free wi-fi though (laughs) come on now i want to get you can get hot spots nowadays i suppose you know 
when, you when you're live guys. streaming you you know all the all the technology people are like you fucking morons like all the <laughs> hold on guys we gotta connect to the fucking asylum wi-fi network <laughs> right <laughs> ghost uh, all capitals is the password thank you <laughs> yeah what else is there i don't know yeah, that's it? yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You know, it just um, to me, this movie was like it started off really great. The middle was a little slow, and then the end was pretty cool. Minus the yeah. kind of goofy ghost that they added in there with the whispering and the black eyes and stuff like that. But you know, there was a lot of affecting scenes. I got to say, like I was really into it. For it's not that long of a movie either; it's an hour and a half, and I was I was along for the ride. So I give it props for that. Give you a rating. What you got? All right, I'll go. Um, so I I would say I was at a three and a half for the majority of this film, but it dips slightly near the end because of some of the goosey stuff. But so I gave it a three out of five. But that's still a pretty good rating for a movie like this. You know, it's just I was into it. I I really enjoyed. It. Now I wouldn't watch it again, but I was along for the ride. So three out of five is what I gave it. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go for it. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I totally uh, agree with you, Steve. I think it's like a really solid one-time watch. I don't think it's something I would probably watch again, maybe like in, you know, a group setting or something to throw on or something or to show someone to get really scared. But yeah, I think it's really effective. The scares are, are really effective. Definitely watch it at night if you are going to watch it. That would be my my best recommendation for this one. But yeah, pretty pretty effective. It's kind of, you know, it's nothing new. It's something It's something you've kind of seen before. But it's a, it's still effective as a pretty solid kind of found footage ghost movie. So I, I give it a three out of five as well. Yeah, and I can't get over the internet and Wi-Fi usage in this film. So no, I'm just kidding. You like, I mean, what you guys said, no, nothing groundbreaking, nothing special, really. The scares, were they good? Yeah, but it didn't really add anything to the genre. I really liked the setting, and I thought, I, I just, I love seeing foreign horror movies, you know? And if it's a decent one, like this one is, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, but I can't, what I can't get over though, is that goofy fucking, that girl. I just can't get over her, the, the choice of what they had, had her do. And if you haven't seen the film, you'll know, you'll know exactly what we're talking about when you see it. So I'm at a 2.5 out of five, which is, you know, halfway there. Yeah. I was actually out of two, uh, two and a half as well, but I think it, uh, when, it, it, when that scene happened, I'm like, Oh, but then I think it, I think it did come back and that's why I was able to jump it up to a three. I think it, it gets better and uh, the scares get better after you just have to get through that kind of goofy first reveal, which <laughs> they kind of fucking fucked up, but <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, Michelle recommended it to us. You know, we got a lot of recommendations and stuff. This was part of a movie night uh recommendation i don't remember what the theme of that particular night was but it wasn't you know obviously voted in but i'm glad that we got to watch it because i don't know if otherwise i would have kind of found this you know it's uh so that's that's why we like people when they give us recommendations because some some of these movies they, they're well hidden <laughs> it's, it's just they don't go up on your social circles they don't get recommended by tubi because they think i'm a fucking asshole and just recommend the absolute worst stuff all the time so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we didn't, you know, see it while she was still around, but I'm happy we got to do this and do something in her honor because I do miss her a lot and think about her and it's a bummer, but yeah. Thanks, Michelle, for the recommendation. Yeah. Thank yes. you. Well, honestly, thank like you. The, the, the name of this movie doesn't help its cause either. It's, it's, it's almost unsearchable. Generic. Yeah, yeah. Unsearchable. It sounds like an asylum picture film too. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but I, she, it, it, it was a great recommendation for a, a group movie night watch yeah. for sure. So yeah, Korean yeah. found footage. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we probably ended up watching something way worse. <laughs> what we've done in the past. So yeah, this would have been a good uh, watch with a bunch of people because it has that kind of group like scare thing going on. Oh, definitely. Like I could picture like uh, like this would be a great one, Todd, for like your daughter, like for like a slumber party night or something. Like I, you know, I'm sure yeah. the younger kids don't like the subtitled shit though, but still, like it's a great one to kind of watch like on a sleep overnight because it's got some great little jump scares. All right, guys, so that is going to be it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our review of Ganjam Haunted Asylum. Once again, thank you so much, Michelle, for recommending it, and uh, we'll miss you. Uh, next week, we are going to be reviewing Stage Fright from 1987. That was Todd's pick. That has been pushed back about 100 times, um, but we are finally going to review it. You can uh, American uh, viewers can or listeners can watch it over on Shudder. Not sure about Canadians, same but thing. just mess- same thing. All right. So you can watch it, check it out over on Shutter. Uh, excited to see it. I've never seen it. I don't think Steve's ever seen it. So it'll be first time watches for the both of us. In the meantime, to keep up with the podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the Horror Squad Podcast. You can also email us anytime, the Horror Squad Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, the absolute best way to um, keep up is the Discord. Just send us a PM and uh, a dm or a pm whatever you prefer and uh we and just we will send you a link to it um but that is it we hope you guys enjoyed uh once again michelle we miss you and um rest in peace and we'll see you guys next week for stage fright all right